text for today is from our gospel text, Matthew 20, verse 1. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus, you sinners don't want a master of the house. Oh no, the kingdom of heaven for a sinner is not like a master of a house who comes in and goes out, oh no. For a sinner, the kingdom of heaven is like a race. As sinners, we're all Ricky Bobbies. If you're not first, you're last. Today, if you're a NASCAR fan, Super Bowl of NASCAR today, You crazy Christians, you think being a Christian is all about a race. You hear the words of Apostle Paul and the epistle text for today, and you seem to understand that that we got to run, and we got to run this race, and that the kingdom of heaven is about how well you run. But did you really hear what the Apostle Paul writes? Because see, if you compare your life as a Christian to a race, there's a big problem. It's a Ricky Bobby problem. Listen to these words. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? Oh, you forgot about that part, didn't you? That there's only one who can earn the prize. If you're not first, you're... Ah, you know it well, don't you? Thus the conundrum. It's fair to say that we do run a race, if you will. We talk about that. We speak of that perhaps even at funerals and the death of loved ones. We talk about all the things that occurred and and the life that's lived kind of in the dash, so to speak, from this date until that date. And To be fair, there's work to be done. There's neighbors to be served. There's that which God gives you to do. And and Paul says that every athlete, every Christian should exercise self-control. That we should take a look at our life and and how we're living it and what we're doing. That we we should discipline our body. That we should keep it under control because... We're not just saints, we're not just Christians that believe we still yet remain sinners. We know it, feel it in our body, a body even one day which will die. But a race, a race that you can win, to run as if you will win over all the other Christians, no. Life of a Christian is one of repentance, one of humility. Which is why Paul talks about running a race, but then concludes this section in Corinthians in this way. He says, I want you to know that our fathers were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, A-L-L, no individualism, no postmodernism, singling out of yourself, and all of them. All of them ate the same spiritual food. All of them, A-L-L, drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank, Paul writes, from the spiritual rock that followed them. You see, it's really all about the master of a house. 
The kingdom of heaven is not so much about a race, but it's about a master of a house. And this master, your master, totally different from any other master. You might imagine a master of a house sitting in his comfy, lazy boy. And he's got his favorite, whatever it is, bourbon, beer, wine, or maybe an ice-cold glass of milk with a stack of Oreos next to it. And he's sitting there because he's the master of his house, and he's got his little minions doing all of his work for him, perhaps his children, perhaps his employees, his servants. I mean, that's our idea of a master, right? One who sits and everyone else does the work, but not this master. Did you catch what this master does? This master that Jesus speaks of rolls up his sleeves and he goes out to deal with the unemployment line. He cares about those who don't have jobs, who can't put food on the table. Here's an example of true government, by the way. And he goes there and he says, hey, you want to work? Yeah, they say. Fine, I'll pay you a denarius for a day's labor. That's awesome, they say. And they go off to work. But this master doesn't just do that at the beginning of the day. He comes back three hours later and does it again at the third hour. And not just the second time at the third hour, he comes back at the sixth hour, he comes back at the ninth hour, and he comes back at the eleventh hour. Now you say one of two things to yourself, either this guy needs, his business is doing really well, right? And he needs a lot of workers, or he really cares about those that need to be employed need to be provided for, and I would submit to you it's the latter because of what happens next in the story. I mean, no businessman would do this. This doesn't happen today. The people hired at the 11th hour end up making the exact same amount of money as those who worked all day long. And if that happened to you, you would dial 1-800-ACLU. Oh yeah, you would. Or you'd get your lawyer on the phone, you'd write a nice letter, you'd call the corporate office... You'd get on Facebook and you'd tweet about it as well. You would make sure that everybody knew that you weren't dealt with fairly and appropriately. But see, God doesn't work like a businessman, nor is the church a business. The master of the house is one who cares for all. And there's not going to be one out of all of these servants, out of all of us servants, who are going to win in and of ourselves. The trap we fall into is we say, oh my, look at so-and-so over there. How in the world, how come they don't have to deal with what I've got to deal with? How come life is so easy for them? It's so unfair. I've had this and this and this and that. I mean, look at me. I go to church every Sunday. I pay my tithes. I give my offerings. You know how many service hours I've put in in the next month? You know what I do for my kids? And my goodness, when I was their age, I had to walk two or three miles uphill in the snow to catch the bus, if the bus came. And we become exactly like God's people. 
from the story of Exodus. Now, to be fair, we have legitimate needs. Nobody's questioning that. And in the Old Testament text, they're dealing with with hunger and thirst, legitimate needs. And the Lord certainly hears what their needs are and desires to provide for them, but the way they deal with talking to God is, and they quarrel, and they grumble, and they whine, and they complain. You see, a Christian, a true Christian, is one who always humbles himself before God. One who not only humbles himself before God, but also who, in a very simple way, as a child would trust their parents, believes that God will provide for their needs, no matter what. A Christian runs a race, yes, in the sense of dealing with this life and the wrecks that occur and all the problems and the tire changes and maybe even horrible accidental crashes, even death. Christian looks to the master of the house who keeps coming again and again. The master of the house who, who gets up out of his comfortable abode of heaven itself and comes down here into your life and mine. Who lives this life and runs this race perfectly. The one light of the world, Jesus, who comes and runs the race and becomes the only one that truly wins the prize. He who does all that the Master requires, who utters not a word as false accusations are lobbed against Him. He who suffers and bleeds and dies for you, flowing from His very veins, becomes your water of life. Flowing from his side, blood and water, you and your baptism, and how he sustains you still today as we take a pit stop once a week to get filled back up. His body, his blood and simple bread and wine, his word, assurance, preached to you, given to you. He comes to you again and again and again. And it's the same thing the Master says to the people there in the Old Testament. I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. You have a God who comes to be with you, really and truly present. And through Jesus Christ, who Himself runs the race perfectly, who Himself wins the race, who Himself is the only one who receives the prize, He shares it all with you. He gives away all of His winnings, all of His earnings, fills up your bank account for eternal life and says, I've got these folks, Daddy. They're mine. And you devil, you stay away from them. Don't mess with them, because they're marked with my blood. He says to you, I've run this race for you. You who deserve to be last because of your whining and complaining, because of your Ricky Bobby sinner natures. 
but I forgive you. And you who deserve to be last, well, you're now first. Come on up to the winner's circle. Come and see. Come and taste that the Lord is good. God grant that this may be the race that we live in and run and look forward to. In the name of Jesus.